I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And she always tells us about the latest scams and warns us on how to avoid them. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. Well, Patty, as you know, a big part of what I do in terms of educating seniors about scams is to give presentations to seniors, retirement homes and senior clubs, churches, whoever might be interested. And I go around the county and do this. So a couple of weeks ago, Dayton, who is uh, my colleague and sometimes a guest on our show, he and I gave a presentation to a group of seniors. And when it was over, we were approached by a woman who asked what she should do if she had been involved with a scammer who now had access to things like her personal information her bank accounts, her social security numbers, and other personal information. And she wanted to know what to do to protect herself. Wow, I really feel for that woman. It must be very frightening to realize that somebody has all that sensitive information and they can use it to basically wipe her out. Absolutely. And she had not done anything. So we gave her the usual advice and we told her right away, contact your bank, shut down your accounts, change your password, go to the credit reporting agencies, freeze your accounts, contact Social Security and see what, if anything, they wanted her to do. That's all very good advice. And did she tell you what kind of a scam that she had inadvertently gotten involved in? Yes, she did, Patty. As we continued to talk to her, she started to get tears in her eyes and revealed that she had been the victim of a romance scam, which was very similar to the romance scam that we had talked about during our presentation. So it was the typical pattern where somebody befriends you online, then becomes your best friend, and then your soulmate. And finally, your romantic interest. Wow, Vicki, do you think she just realized it for the first time at your presentation? I think she had realized it previously, but she wanted to know what to do now that she understood that she was in the hands of a scammer. Oh, my goodness. And then the romantic partner or the person of interest suddenly starts to have financial emergencies. And then when the money runs out, so does the scammer. That's pretty much the scenario, isn't it? Absolutely. That is definitely the scenario. Just talking to this victim and seeing her pain reminded me once again about how devastating these scams are both financially and emotionally. And Patty, I'm not sure which is worse. The emotional loss can be absolutely overwhelming. So it made me realize that we should talk about these scams again. And coincidentally, I had just seen a webinar put on by two FBI agents specifically about romance scams. Well, I'm sure they had a lot of great information. Will you be sharing that today, Vicki? Absolutely. And first of all, they gave us some statistics. Now, this is for all scams, not just romance scams. In the last year, reported losses from scams was $1.7 billion. And they estimate that only one in 44 incidents of financial harm is reported. Wow. Well, that kind of tells you about the stigma attached to it when only one in 44 people are reporting it. So the actual losses are even more staggering. Absolutely. And they said that just over 5% 
of older adults experience financial exploitation each year. And about half of the elder fraud comes from family members. Oh, gosh, that's such a sad statistic. That's the last thing you want to hear is that family members are taking care of an elderly person. Absolutely. But the webinar was specifically about romance scams. And so the focus was scams perpetrated by strangers. And one of the things they talked about with romance scams is how difficult it is to convince the victim that they're dealing with a scammer. You know, you've talked about that before, Vicki, that that's really one of the hardest parts. You know, victims just don't want to believe that the person that they've gotten so close to who they think they love is just a scammer. It's always been a puzzle, but these agents explained that the scammer has had a lot of time to groom the victim and to make the victim believe in him. So the scammer has built trust with the victim, often over many months. So when somebody comes in out of the blue, like law enforcement, and tells the victim that their love interest is a scammer, they simply can't believe it. They can't change their way of thinking about that person after just a 10-minute conversation. So law enforcement or anybody else, like a family member trying to change the victim's mind about this person, is fighting against history. Well, that does help to explain it, Vicki. It shows what a strong psychological hold these crooks and scammers have over the poor victim. And how do you finally reach that person to tell them that they're being scammed when it seems so obvious, but they just won't believe it? Well, one strategy is to know what the signs are and maybe start pointing out just a couple of things that should make the person somewhat suspicious. For example, the fact that a stranger has approached you on social media and that the relationship moves from friendly to romantic very quickly. This person starts to call you boyfriend or girlfriend, but has never met you. And you might ask questions about that. Don't you think that's strange? Also, the person lives overseas. And then, of course, if they ask for a plane ticket, the plane ticket's going to cost a lot more money. Another red flag, the person is dramatically or drastically younger than you are. Don't you think that's a little strange? The fact that you've never spoken to this person on the phone, you've never seen this person's face. And then that the person starts asking for things like gift cards or money. A scammer talks about coming to visit, but something always seems to get in the way. And then they tell you about their financial difficulties and ask you for help as if they are completely depending on you. So if you start to point all of these things out, maybe the person will start to question. And that's what you hope for. Right. And especially if you're able to do it early on, that I think would really be more helpful. They might be more suspicious and watch for the signs. The FBI agents also gave some practical tips to protect ourselves. First of all, understand that people do pose as romantic partners. Just be aware that that happens and that often these people are scammers. Never send money to someone you haven't met in person. We've talked about this many times. Don't buy gift cards or other items like cell phones. Sometimes the scammers will ask you to buy and send them cell phones. Also, never travel overseas to meet somebody. That can be extremely dangerous. And I've heard stories about people that have been killed when they've done this. Don't send money to strangers. Don't agree to receive money and send it to somebody else. And of course, if you have been scammed, report to ic3.gov. 
And did the agent say what kind of information might be helpful for them to have when the victim is making the report? Yes, they definitely did mention this. Things like the names that the scammer used, bank routing numbers, first date of contact, the method of contact, what contact information they provided, and the type of financial transactions that they set up. Uh, that's such good advice, Vicki. And I know we target a lot of our show towards seniors, but seniors is a broad range. You could have people in their 50s and people in their 90s, you know. And so I'm thinking that some of the older seniors who didn't grow up in an era of social media may not be getting these warnings are especially vulnerable. That's absolutely true. And especially since they're not as frequently online, perhaps, as some of the younger people. And so they don't filter information that they get online, maybe as readily as the youngsters, although we're finding out that the youngsters are certainly victims of scams also. Right. Well, Uh, if we consider ourselves youngsters or even younger and (laughs) have elderly parents, Hopefully, we can watch out for them, and hopefully, the parent is sharing the story of their new love with somebody who maybe is more savvy. Yes, and that's why we want to give warnings and want to let people know how to handle this situation. And again, it's not by saying things like, how could you be so stupid? It's by asking these kinds of questions. Well, don't you think it's kind of strange that you've never seen this person face to face or that every time he tries to come visit you, something happens? Don't you find that a little odd? And just create that doubt, maybe playing into what's going on with this relationship. And hopefully, if the person has some sort of dementia, somebody is supervising them because I could see how they could also be very, very vulnerable to this type of scammer. Absolutely. Well, Vicki, thank you. Our hearts go out to people who've been taken in by these romance scams. We've talked to people, and I don't mean to imply that you have to have dementia to fall for it either, because these scammers, as you said, are very slick, and a lot of people of any age can certainly be pulled in by it. You just have to be aware that they're out there, and you're probably not talking to who you think you're talking to. Yes, sad but true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Any good news, Vicki? Well, I do have some good news. Here's the headline. Pennsylvania man who received more than 1 million via mail through government imposter scheme sentenced to prison. But the thing that I thought was very interesting, this scammer identified themselves to victims as law enforcement officers or attorneys who were working with the government. And they would threaten the victims by informing them falsely that there was a warrant out for their arrest or that their bank accounts and social security numbers had been compromised. And we've heard about this scam before. So they would tell the victims that to avoid losing money from their bank account, they needed to withdraw large sums of cash from their bank. They needed to take this cash and put it into magazines, then put each magazine in a bubble-wrapped envelope. Then they would place the envelope in a cardboard box and mail the packages to Walmart or other mail depositories. And when the Dublin police found this scammer in his car, he had $22,000 in cash, which had been inserted into magazines. He had $25,000 in another magazine full of cash, $30,000 in a white plastic bag that was in bubble wrap. And then he had a plastic Donato's pizza bag that contained $31,500. Goodness. And another bag that contained $22,500. So you can see the amount of money that this scam was bringing in. 
Well, no, you described it so nice well. Food. I could just picture this messy yeah. car with the pizza box, with the money in it, just yeah. everything. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, that's a huge amount of money just in one take from Walmart's. Yeah, you can see why they do it and why they keep doing it because the financial gain is huge. It's profitable. Yeah. yeah, profitable. Well, thank you for sharing the good news. Would you share your fraud hotline in case anyone wants to talk to you about a scam that they feel may have been perpetrated against them or a loved one, or if they want to share their story on Scam Squad? Absolutely. So it's area code 805-568-2442. And I'll say it again, 805-568-2442. And I wanted to share something else, Patty. When I was talking to this romance victim, she was asking if there were any support groups mm-hmm. where she could get some help for her grief, which was real. Mm-hmm. And I was able to talk to my friend, Debbie Deem, who is a former FBI victim advocate. And she gave me this number. The site is fightcybercrime.org. And then once you're in that site, fightcybercrime.org, all one word, you go to programs, peer support programs, and they will hook you up with a peer group that you can talk to and get some help and get some support, people that have been in the same situation that you are in. So I was able to at least provide her with that. Oh, I'm so glad you were, Vicki, because we have to remember if somebody is vulnerable or they get taken in, they're not the person who is the bad guy here. You know, they made a mistake. It happens to many, many people and they don't need to feel so embarrassed if they talk to somebody else and they realize that other intelligent people have had this happen to them. I think it could be very, very helpful. Yeah. People seem to really get a lot of good out of these peer support groups. Yeah. A lot of help. All right. Well, thank you. I look forward to talking next week. Thanks, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye.